Welcome to the Wildcast Podcast, coming to you from Wildcast Studios with your hosts, Adam Lund and Jeremy Boucher. Oh, welcome back to the Wildcast Studios for a season recap episode of the Wildcast Podcast, your unofficial voice for all things Moncton Wildcats. As always, fan listeners, I'm in my golf gear again, even though it doesn't look like it uh, this week. And I'm here with your favorite co-hoster in his Hawaiian shirt for the second week in a row, Mr. Jeremy Boucher. I'm old. I went to the uh, I went to the golf range, and I think I pulled a hamstring. <laughs> <laughs> my my right hamstring is not uh, not snapping back and healing as well as it uh, as it used to. There. Um, how was how was your week? Not bad. Uh, got over my sinus infection. If uh, you know that I had last week, or yeah. I guess it was more on our on our live on yeah. Wednesday and coughing up a lung, but. No, I got some good meds, and uh, they seem to uh, seem to be working. Got some nasal spray and and uh, a pill, a horse pill, like that big. And uh, yeah, that seems to have cleared me up. Ivermectin? No, no, no not 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 the, <laughs> not, not the uh, COVID uh, not the COVID disease yeah. uh, killer there, but yeah. not killer, not uh, pill. Um, conspiracy theory? That's the one. The Trump-inspired that, ivermectin, the Daniel right. Smith ivermectin. Yeah, the, uh, the ivermectin, the, uh, you know, just drinking a bottle of uh, bleach. bleach yeah. uh, it'll get it right out of your system. Good uh, times. I'm not the one that said that, by the no, way. So don't go good. Don't go and do it. Yeah. We do not endorse drinking bleach or taking ivermectin. Mm. Uh, good times, though. Yeah. When yeah. you think back to all those, all those crazy uh, scenarios of what you could... Uh, do to get rid of it as opposed mm-hmm. to just getting the jab and the some people that uh, actually believed it actually believed it yep oh feeling good feeling better <laughs> um so if if you were down yeah. and out does yeah. that mean you got caught up on big brother no not even oh. not even well i guess so there was a double eviction last week okay so i guess yeah. it was kind of um kind of a good show i haven't watched this week yet um so the first um first eviction oh my goodness who was it um, Koozie, I believe it's. Oh, really? Koozie was yeah. the first one evicted on the double, and then uh, going into the second HOH of the night. Uh, so Claudia, again, the best thing to come out of Kensington for, since the frosty treat. Yep. Um, she won the uh, double eviction HOH, and uh, she nominated. Um, of course, <laughs> I forget their names, but um. Ty had won. I remember Ty won the double eviction POV. Um, saved himself. No, not no. He wasn't the block. He used it on. Is it Daniel? I think Daniel took Daniel off. Anyways, I forget what happened. That's the gifs of it. It was like a week ago. So uh, yeah, I've my short term memory is kind of <laughs> kicking in right now. And I I just remember Claudia won the double HOH, the double eviction HOH, and Ty won the. POV, but Ty wasn't on the block, but he still ended up using it. I just can't remember who he used it on and who he named as the replacement nominee and who went home as the second. So I'm just, yeah, behind. I'm behind. Yeah. Behind on it. So I have lots to catch. I have lots to catch up on. I was, there was so much to watch last week. Uh, Did you watch the long, the third longest date on uh, Netflix? The third, the the longest third date? No. No. Uh, so it's about a, a couple who met on a dating site. Yeah. And so he's originally from Maine. 
and she's originally from Seattle, but they were both living and working in New York City at the time. Oh. So this was around, you know, February, January, February of 2020. So um, they went on a first date, and I think they just went for, you know, at an Indian restaurant, had a, had a bite to eat, and uh, he gave her like a little kiss on the cheek and, you know, that, all, all that stuff. And he was like a vlogger too, so he literally recorded everything. Yeah. Um, and so they went on a second date and they went ax throwing. And again, he's a vlogger, so he recorded everything. And so this, all his like own footage was part of the, of the documentary. Right. So on the, for a third date, this was around, you know, when COVID was starting to, to, to come around, he proposes, not proposes like engagement proposes, but he proposes the idea of going to Costa Rica for their third date because it is so cheap to fly there. So this is before COVID though. Like the, well, the COVID they were going to go to Co- Costa Rica thinking start... like everything was happening. It was yeah. going to be fine. Right? So COVID was kind of just, it was, it, this would have been, you know, March, 2022 when COVID started to 2020. 20, yeah. 2020, excuse me. When COVID <laughs> started to really come around, it's not the ivermectin folks. <laughs> <laughs> So he started, he provoked, he, he says, let's go to Costa Rica. The flights are really cheap right now. It's like $200 yeah. return. So they go to Costa Rica together on, you know, what just would have, would have been a, a four day trip. And then, and then lockdown. Wow. So they literally, um, ended up being together in Costa Rica for close to 70 days together Holy. as third on the on, on a the third, third date. date on the third date they had to sleep in the hotel together and then the hotel they had reserved and they just keep pushing out for the reservation keep extending their reservation keep extending their reservation eventually the hotel says we're closing down because we've been told to close down well they still don't have a way home so then they have to then find airbnb so they find the airbnb and they explain to this owner of the, their story, um, and they they got a really good deal apparently. So they stayed there for twenty days. I would days. hope so. Yeah. <laughs> so they stayed at this Airbnb, Airbnb for um, for twenty days, and they then eventually they left that one and found another one on the other side of the country, and then they ended up being together for in Costa Rica on their third date for yeah like almost seventy days, Jesus. and they didn't so they went there in March, and didn't get home until June the second. And so they flew from you know Costa Rica into Houston because that was the only flight they can get. And then they had to find their own way to, you know, back to the New York other City. side of the country. Yep. So they, but they're still together. Spoiler uh, alert. Yeah, they're still together. Wow. And it talks about that on the documentary as well. Um, it's really really cool. It was. Uh, it's, I don't know how she did it. I don't know how he did it. But I think they kind of the fact that. She kind of didn't mind. I guess she minded the camera around all the time because he literally was, again, yeah, videotaping everything yeah, yeah. in Costa Rica, and that's how they got all the footage of their dates and stuff like that. And um, it was it was neat. It was uh, it's an hour and a half. It was kind of cheesy, but also kind of interesting because you're like, wow, could you literally see yourself spending seventy days with the person that you're with? Now, yeah, on. but you know, third date it, wise, it, it, it's, ah. it's, 
it's it's an interesting i probably just ruined it for anybody that hasn't watched it but that's kind of the gist of it is that they end up going on a third date to costa rica and end up living together for 70 days because like, you don't know a lot about a person after the third i mean i guess yeah. depending on your first two dates went what you did but i mean axe throwing you're not getting into mm-hmm. major family life and all this stuff so mm-hmm. for to spend 70 some days when yeah. you have no choice mm-hmm. what's it called uh longest longest third date, longest third date. yeah it's pretty neat. So like, it's a quick, uh, you know, I started it uh, Sunday night around, you know, 8.30 and it was yeah. done by 9.45. So it was, mm. a, you know, it was, it was, it was fun. It was cute. Nice. We, uh, we watched The Diplomat. Okay. It's yeah. It's like a six part series. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a pretty good show. It's pretty funny. I always make, I always like watching one show and then you end up watching another show and you, it's the same actor, but two totally different things. Yeah. So we started watching The Americans from 2013, mm-hmm. where Carrie Russell, spoiler alert, is a uh, KGB spy in America, and now she's a U.S. diplomat. And I'm like, she's really come a long way from being a U- uh, Russian spy <laughs> to a U.S. diplomat. But yeah. I, I, it's so crazy, though, just the way that our TV show has changed in everyone's lives. Like, mm. I want to watch Ted Lasso season three. There's only four episodes out. I'm waiting till they all come out. Like I, I'm annoyed that they don't all come out at once or yeah. succession is a weekly episodic show. Now we're caught up enough that mm-hmm. I'm annoyed that they're not bringing them out and growing up. If it was a weekly show, like friends was once a week, yep. big bang Theory once a week, full mm-hmm. house once a week. But if you missed it, you missed it. You might catch a rerun at like 10 o'clock at night, like four days later, but nah, no such you missed it. PBR you missed it back then. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you were going to be away from it, you set the old uh, VCR. VCR. That's right, man. With Get the... one of those cassettes in there, and you had to double, you had to take the two, the record and the play button, and jam them both in at the same time. And if they're both jammed in at the same time, you knew the show was recording, <laughs> and you're like, big success. Yeah. I went those every the days. Every time I go back to my parents' house, they had this old, like, we moved into my granny's house, and they had, like, the old style wet bar downstairs. Mm-hmm. They, they, they had the big bar that was well, this tall. Um, and it ended up not being a bar when we, my parents remodeled, but it became like the TV was on there, the video games, and you opened up the flap and or shelf, I guess, and all my videos are in there. So like, I have the 2002 NBA Finals oh. every game, the Pacers or the 2000 NBA Finals, the Pacers and the the Lakers every game. I think I have all four national championships and semifinals from like 97 to 2000 because I would tape them playing basketball to go back and watch mm-hmm. and get better and like Metallica on Saturday Night Live. Like <laughs> I, I don't even have a VCR to play these things and I just yeah. got tapes upon tapes. I don't know how many Monday Night Raws I got, yeah. but you, you got your parents would tape something. You'd be like, put a tape over it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> write something. We're really showing our age right now. <laughs> All the young kids are watching. They're like, "What's a VCR? Hey, Mom, what's a VCR? <laughs> what are they talking about? Jamming the record and play button? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean you can only record for two hours unless you did a different way and then seven hours? What's what? a What's a cassette? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean you can only watch one show once? Huh? Yeah. That's uh. It's crazy. Like it, it just frustrates me. I'm just like, oh, I want to watch all the Ted Lassos. I just, oh yeah. And now YouTube too with all its ads. I tried to watch Matt Rife, his second uh, comedic special. Yeah. 
five minutes, two ads. Yeah. Seven minutes, two ads. I'm yeah. like, I get that that's how you get paid. And, hey, we're on YouTube, so hopefully that's where we get to. But, you know, <laughs> that's how you get paid. But it's just like, I almost said to Layla, I was like, you know what? Let's just pay for the YouTube Plus. And she's like, I'm not paying for another service. I'm like, that. yes, ma'am. Yes, man. And we just kept watching. Yes, with boss. Yep. <laughs> yes, boss. All right. Uh, as always, don't forget, you can follow us on our social medias, Twitter, Monkey Wildcast, Instagram, Wildcast Podcast, TikTok, Wildcast Podcast, and here, of course, on YouTube, ad-free for now. Uh, just hit that like and subscribe button. Let's get some news and notes from around the queue. News and notes from around the queue. Well, let's uh, let's put this in order. There were some more awards given out. We'll get rid of that real quick. The Kevin Lowe Memorial Trophy for the best defensive defenseman. Hines, Pierre-Olivier Waugh, and Nicolas Savoie. Uh, Tyson Hines won that. Uh, the Emily Bouchard Trophy for Defenseman of the Year. Frederick Brunet, Tyson Hines, Tristan Leno. Tristan Leno won that. Those two, him and Etienne Moran, were kind of 1-2 all season, and then... Mm-hmm. Leno had more points. Moran had more goals. Gatna was on a wagon of a team, so kind of makes sense there. Scholastic Player of the Year, the Marcel Robert, Robert Trophy, Julian Biland of Ramuski, Cataford of Halifax, and Pellerin of Victoriaville, Julian Biland of Ramuski, one nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the week uh, we get into the Coach of the Year, General Manager of the Year, and by the time we come back, all the awards, Personality of the Year, and Jordan Dumais MVP crowning let's just call a spade a spade um etienne moran won bronze with team canada uh, in a 3-2 victory over slovakia in overtime very entertaining overtime yes but i think i tweeted you or i messaged you and you messaged me at the same time and our messages popped up i don't think i saw moran on the ice in overtime didn't get a single minute of overtime that's a joke if you ask me a little uh, weird. Uh, it's just, I guess maybe it's just us. I guess maybe we're used to seeing him on the ice for yeah. overtime, but different. Uh, and maybe yeah. it was a he was late with uh, the team you brought there, and he, yeah. he showed up. He's late out, right? right? So it doesn't not necessarily help. But yeah, I mean, you're right. He should have definitely gotten a little bit of uh, of ice time out there, yeah. especially on the big ice and the way you can skate. But you know, he got uh, he got the bronze, and I mean, the Americans that always seem to dominate this tournament because they can bring their best players compared to the Canada just can't because their best players are still playing. Um, I think that was their, but I think that was their first gold medal that tournament since 2017, I think. Yeah. Which is hard to believe. I mean, and Sweden looked good too. Sweden was really good. They were a really good team. Canada. Yeah. They're a really good team. They're going to have a lot of draft guys drafted in the NHL. Like it's, uh, they're going to be a force in the, at the world juniors in a couple of years. Yeah. Yep. Uh, these next two things kind of go together. Uh, obviously, the big news, you were there for YouTube. Almost 100 people joined us. Uh, Pat McNeil joined us. Mavs. Um, Braden Olofsson. Uh, the Wildcats with a 28% chance won the QMJHL draft lottery last mm-hmm. Wednesday. They will draft first overall. Uh, the order is Moncton, Shakutami, and then it was status quo, Blainville, Valdor, and Ramuski, which led to my one scouting game I watch a year. Um, the U18 Club Nationals, not the TELUS Cup, which I found out from you. Thank you. Because <laughs> that's sometimes when I get ready to tweet things. I go through Jeremy for the proofread, and he helps me out with that. I didn't even know until the morning of. So oh, really? There you go. I wondered why it wasn't, like, I didn't see many things for the TELUS Cup. I yeah. just thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Quite the game. Uh, if you're a Wildcats fan, prospect uh, Vincent Lagare and SSF Blizzard defeated St. Tyson 3-2 and kind of a, I don't want to say boring hockey game for 40 minutes, but it was 0-0 after 40 minutes. Both yeah. goaltenders were pretty good. And then just the Blizzard just weren't going to be denied. They yeah. Every time St. Hassan came back, uh, they just kept going. A couple of those Kluche is going to want to have back. I was kind of surprised that Dauphin didn't play for um, St. Hassan, but mm-hmm. um, this is now the second year in a row the Wildcats have had a national champion yep. as a prospect. Um, so Richie's doing something right. Um, so, But some names to pay attention. Uh, Denoye and Emil Guite. Mm-hmm. Um is there any way we can have both of them? Because they uh, yeah, were talking about those two being teammates since they were 12, and you saw it a couple times, the one-timers that Denoyer was setting up for Guité, and I'm just like, yeah. I'm so glad I have a platform to ask Mr. Boucher this question, and realistically, without selling the farm, is there a way to get both of them? Yeah, I mean, there is. I mean, you, you it's going to involve trading up. Uh, but you have to you're gonna have to package those two other first round picks that we've got, and probably another first. Another first. I mean, it's because Gite, um, you know, I kind of put together a bit of a mock draft over the weekend. I, you know, not something I want to reveal right now, but stay tuned. I mean, he's probably third or fourth. You know, it it's uh, and he could easily make a case for second. You know he's he's that good. He really reminds me of a of a Loshing. You know he's kind of that uh, trigger guy in the power play. Yeah. He's always going to be on the the left shot on the right face of face There's off. A couple dot. times on the dog, and he can let it go. Yeah, he can. And um, I, I guess my only issue with him, and again, I I've probably only watched three or four of his games. Um, he's a one zone guy. You know he's. In my one game that I, I watched <laughs> a year, yeah, I, I totally know what you and Braden were talking about. Actually, I think it was you that Gite may have more points, mm. but Denoyer is what made that team go, yeah. and he's the full two hundred foot player. and And after watching the one game, I was like, "Yeah, I think given the choice, I think I want Caleb Denway." Yeah, he's number one. He's the engine, right? He's yeah. he's the guy that runs runs the team, and uh, everything goes through goes through him. But he's also you know, he's as good of a playmaker as he is a shooter, but Gite was the shooter on that team and, and, and it showed. And I mean, he was, Gite was the MVP at the, at, at the tournament. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it showed the, the tournament that he had. And, um, I had a source tell me that Danaway was, was hurt, was injured, played the tournament injured and, but he still looked super good. Yeah. Right. Um, but, yeah, St. Hyacinth, I mean, those those two teams just, the first two periods, I think they just simply ran out of gas in the third period, just poured on, empty yeah. the tank and, and see what happens. And, you know, it's uh, SSF emptied the tank just a bit more than, than SSF, but it came down to you know, literally the final buzzer. Yeah. You know, and um, is it Pancor or Ray? Pancor, yeah. Pancor made some five bell saves for... Uh, for SSF, uh, it to... could have been at least three, three nothing for oh, man, for like... Saint Hyacinth in that first period. Like, he kept, I, I think he grabbed at least six off the, yeah, off the goal line. It's crazy. And even in the final minute of the game, he paddled down, 
you know, two two inches more, that puck is in the net, yeah. and it, it's it, the game is tied. And he had a phenomenal game. And you no, know, Dinway's got all the tools. Like it's you know checks all the boxes. He's got everything. Uh, Gite, I think it's. I I might sound silly when I say this, but I see him as a one. Right now, he's a one zone guy. He's going to have to ha- learn how to play the defensive side of the game. Yeah. But um, he's his offensive awareness is off the charts. His defensive awareness needs a little bit of work, and um, so that's kind of why you know when when Braden took Gite first overall last you know on our on our live, I was like, oof, geez, you know that's <laughs> you're leaving the door wide open for me to to grab arguably the the most complete player available, and uh, so and that's that's how I see Dinway. I see him as the most complete player available. Um, now you teased on that show about a defenseman that was kind of coming up the ranks. Yes. And SSF had a couple of them in Tremblay mm-hmm. and McKinnon. Mm-hmm. Um, would they be on Moncton's radar at thirteen or even eighteen? Yeah, because they're sure. kind of the. T- I, I had it up here. I think, I think McKinnon was the twentieth prospect overall. Um, I, I just don't. I I don't want you to give the names, but mm-hmm. are those two names that you kind of possibly could see in, in if we keep all our picks? Yeah, I, I think so. You're probably, uh, you know. They'll both still. I think both are still available when Moncton would pick at thirteen, mm-hmm. and I think one of them could still be available when Moncton picks at eighteen. So it's, I think there's a good chance of, of getting one of those two, one of the two, uh, those two guys. McKinnon. I mean, the fact he's listed as a defenseman, I think he played more forward. forward. You know, he was always at the front Perfect. of the fits right into Moncton's yeah, style. He, Grab a he just he just seemed to play more forward. You yeah. know, he's like. There was a, there was a, I think a goal in the semifinals or the quarter or, or whenever it was, and you don't often see a defenseman parked in front of the net with your stick on the ice redirecting a point shot. Yeah. Right. And it's um, so I don't know if that's more, just where they see him as a, you know, being an ace in his in his place as being a kind of a, a guy in front of the net on the power play, even though it's a defenseman, but mm-hmm. he, he scores a lot of goals, and uh, so I don't know if that's just. A decoy for, or if, if he's just more or less showing off his versatility. Yeah, they're ranked 18th and 19th, so mm-hmm. they they could be around depending if Moncton moves up and or down um, in the draft. I think I know your answer to this, but if you could take two, if if Moncton's going to move up and Richie's going to push all in and go up to one and two, mm-hmm. Denoyer and Gite or Denoyer and Wang. Um. Because I think I know your answer. I got. I have. I have to go with with Wang just for or Wong or Huang. Wong or Wong. Again, I don't know exactly how to pronounce. Alex from yeah. Saint Eustache. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, that's kind of yeah. That's where I'd want to go because I mean, at that point, you've you take Dinway at first overall. You're getting the most complete player available, mm-hmm. and then you take you know Huang at or, or Wong at that um, to trade up to get him. You're getting probably the best skater available in the draft. So you're. Um, you're basically getting your, you've already got your left shot power play quarterback. Well, with him, you're getting your right shot power play quarterback. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's kind of, and that would be a deadly, a deadly power play. You know, if you, you don't, don't even put them together, just keep them on, you know, on separate PP1, units. PP2. Exactly. Right. And you're, so you've got a quarterback on each power play. But, because uh, I, I think on the, I think I saw on the boards, people were comparing, Moncton moving up to get two of these players. Mm-hmm. So what Halifax did when they got Ben uh, Olivier Grew and McIsaac. McIsaac, but 
someone else pointed, and I can't remember who it was, that they got McIsaac because he wasn't going to Baycomo, right. who had number two. Mm-hmm. And Shakutami just isn't going to willingly give this up. And a player, you know, these Quebec players, they, they, they have no problem going to Shakutami. They got no problem going to Blainville. Like, mm-hmm. I, yes, that would be good to get a top forward and a top defenseman to set you up because it's a very important draft because if the Wildcats seem to have intentions of hosting the Memorial cup in 2025 and you know, Richie's had a couple good drafts, but when, when you've got a one, a 13 and I think 18, you really got to nail these picks. And if you're going to move up, you better be sure that you're moving up to two to get your two guys, not moving up to three and hoping one of your guys falls. Right. So for the sake of, of making the argument, um, let's go to the draft in 2016 in Charlottetown. When, you were there. When I was there. And Baycobo traded number two. Yeah. So Halifax, this is what Halifax had to give to Baycomo to move up to second overall. The 16th pick in that same draft. Mm-hmm. The seventh pick in that same draft. So seventh overall, 16th overall, 24th overall. So a second rounder. Yeah. And then a first the following year, which was Ruin Aranda's pick. I don't remember where that pick ended up being, but we can easily go. But either way, that's so three first three and a first second. And a second. Are you willing to pull that trigger for... Alex Wang, knowing that you're going to get at minimum two years and after that Memorial Cup year, get a haul back for him. My concern is we don't have a second this year. Right. Um, so that's going to hurt the... the. Now, you could put a player in there. You could, you give could Shik- put a player, a player in, there. in there, which appeases that. I think I'm okay doing that. Okay. Because well, I've been on the, the, the whole time we've talked about from, from the Ethan Goche, you know, in our former studios to now. Mm-hmm. I've, been, I've been saying... Will Moncton have one pick? I think they'll come away out of that first round with one. I think they're going to move some to get guys. I think I'm okay with that if he's as valuable as you and Braden and everybody else has him. I think I'm okay giving up the 13th, the 18th, a first next year, and either a player or a second next year Mm -hmm. for these two players for two guaranteed years and then get the haul back the following Christmas. And of course it'll be much easier if we get the Memorial cup. And if, if you know, you're going to get it and these two players would make it a lot more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Desirable for us to host a Memorial cup. If, if that's, I, I think I'm okay with it. If we're hosting a Memorial cup, because that'll give us the best chance to raise a banner. Mm-hmm. And then it doesn't matter what you give up if you win the banner. Yeah. So I think to get the two best players of the draft and have long, Forte, John, John, Moran, and um, I know I'm missing one. Wong, Moran, Forte, John, John, and somebody else. As your top four, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I mean. Oh, I, th- I, think, I think Marcel would be like the 20-year-old if he's here or whoever, right? Maybe mm-hmm. maybe even Grenier. You know, I, I'm okay with at least those three. That's that's a very good defense. I'm trying to think. Okay, so I'm now I'm trying to find 
where that Ranaranda pick ended up. Um, so I've got to find that trade now, which is going to take me a little bit, but because uh, that would have been the preseason of 2016 when that trade was made. So let's look at. So I mean that's that's a lot of your future. That's two firsts. It's three. It, it it yeah. So essentially, we don't have a second round pick. Yeah. But we do we do have the two other firsts. We probably are going to have our own. Well, have, we have our own first next year, which is probably it's going to be a later pick. It's probably going to be in that thirteen to. 18 range mm-hmm. um, and then you're probably going to have to throw in a, a prospect if we don't have a second so let's say we throw in Sidney Delorier right yeah um, who was I think a third round pick last year but you're still probably going to have to pay a little more it's going to be an expensive trade to make I don't I can't give an answer right now I don't want to give an answer right now. Just <laughs> it's it's too much for me to process in yeah. my mind. I, I think that the the argument against it that I can make for myself is if you give up the first next year, you don't have that piece at the draft to add an impact and that's player. It. Right? It all... So you're you're hoping that these two have such an impact, mm-hmm. and your other picks hit in free agents. I just I think if you have a chance to hold some World Cup and you have a chance to go get the best defenseman and the best forward. Mm-hmm. Why, like, yes, it worked out for Halifax because that's exactly what they did, and then they hosted the Memorial Cup and they got to the final. I don't know how I feel if we made the trade and got to the final and didn't win, but if you end up do raising the banner, that I think I would do that, but that's why I sit here and I don't make decisions. Mm-hmm. See, I'm, I, I, I can't make that call right now. I'm, I need, I need to write it down and look at it. <laughs> And and make a decision. I'll, I'll come back with an answer for you in two weeks, just <laughs> yeah. because I need to. I, I can't. I, I can't. It's it. It seems. It seems like it would make sense, but I also don't think that we have. We're missing a piece. Right. Is what I want to is is what I think. So I need to kind of find, you know, I need to find the missing piece that we could throw in. That's that's yeah. That's my only thing, right? If we can somehow get a second round pick at the draft how we would do that is is beyond me but if I, we that can would have to be a player somewhere the night before because the, the yeah. trade deadline opens up the night before or whatever we'd have to somehow find a second round pick um and i mean there's not much room on this roster uh as is in my opinion so mm-hmm. who who would we move out to get that second round pick what what trade would we have to make to get that second round pick in order for us to come up with a similar package that Halifax sent to Bacoma to get second overall it, yeah. it's um there's... I have an idea but I'll tell you on yeah and that's after. and that's um, I'll sit I'll sit down on it I'm gonna write some numbers down and write some names down and I think the other part the other in, in two weeks your quick question for me will be <laughs> yeah. Jeremy will you give it up that's that's yeah. uh that's a that's a quick question when we're back in two weeks perfect i think uh the other part as you were talking about writing it down and our cupboards are kind of like what's the move i think the fact that we have had success in the later rounds mm-hmm. gives me a little bit of okay that's 
I'd rather do that and hit later rounds than because you don't know at 13 and 18. No. They might hit. More than likely they do, but mm-hmm. you just don't uh, 100% know. So, yeah, we were going to talk about the semifinals. I guess we could do that a little bit. Uh, Sherbrooke up 2 nothing. Mm-hmm. I think the surprise for me is Quebec up 2 nothing. I thought that yeah, at least perf- be a My split. perfect uh, record is in jeopardy here. Yeah. Um, but, no, if there's a team that can come back from a 2 nothing deficit, at it's, home, it's Gatineau. It's Gatineau, yeah. You're never in trouble till you lose at home, right? Mm-hmm. That's the that's the quote-unquote theory. Um, I, I'm not going to – this might sound like I'm hammering on Halifax, and I'm not, but it just – they knew that they were in tough, and everyone knew that they were in tough. They weren't playing Cape Breton. They weren't playing Moncton mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Yes, they caught Quebec because their schedule was very favorable down the stretch, and I don't know if maybe that hurt them a little bit. They didn't have to – they didn't have to go at full gear. Um, and it's tough to always just flip on a switch, especially in the third round of the playoffs. But they were – I have hope for them to come back and, and stretch this series because they almost got game two. They almost evened it up. Both games went to overtime. So um, I still feel good about Gatineau going home. Um, but I, I do think that Halifax can get a couple – at least one in Sherbrooke to, to get it back home. And then who knows because I think these series are all 2-2, two, 1-1-1, two, one, 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 right? Yes, they are. The yeah. Once you once you get the semifinals, it's the classic Sherbrooke and Halifax yeah. changing. <laughs> they were literally traveling on the, the same, same plane. plane. Yeah. Oh my god, I hate that. Yeah. Um, can we talk about Zach Larue taking a shot of mustard on the bench? Apparently, that's for leg cramps. Uh, I, I've always I, I if I have cramps, I eat a banana, uh-huh. right? Because Munanori Kawasaki, Blue Jays, absolutely love him. Yeah, uh, did an interview with. Uh, forget his name now but he talks about eating bananas when he has cramps oh. because monkeys eat uh, monkeys never cramp <laughs> so he says monkey i eat bananas because <laughs> monkeys never cramp and uh so i took that as an educational piece yep. when i when i heard yeah. the interview yeah, so anytime not... i have cramps now i eat a banana the more you know but mustard i guess yeah because one of the Somebody asked Halifax why, I think they said Dume or Doucette, one of the two, and they said, you know, he's, it was LaRue and he does it for cramps. And I'm like, I, you could have given me 10, 50, you could have given me 50 guesses on a food that doesn't help with cramps. And mm-hmm. I might've got to bananas. I know I would have said Gatorade off the top. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I think that might be the first time I've ever some, seen someone eat mustard. I was disgusted by that. <laughs> I need something with it. You know, a hot dog or, yeah. but I don't know. If, about uh, eating a hot dog in the middle of a game that might not work very well. Mark Sanchez did it for the well, New York Jets. Well, yeah, but a little different. But uh, <laughs> National Larue just turns around. Big dog, big <laughs> wiener, big, big wiener in his mouth. <laughs> Takes a big bite. Favreau's like, "Let's go!" He's <laughs> trying to chew it down while he puts his mouth curtain. Easy in. there, Joey Chestnut. Yeah. Uh, no, that was weird. Yeah. And I love, I, I love how um, Halifax is. Um, I want to say this is a very nice way here. They're trying to their best to have their fans feel pity for them. Uh, I mean, tweeting like, oh, Jordan Dume is out for the rest of the game with an injury. And they're like, okay, that's it's great that you're being transparent. Or Biask is not in the lineup because he's as a flu. Excuse me. Don't tell me about a sickness ruining a team's <laughs> playoff run. Here, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, An injury ruining a playoff run. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, um, 
it's part of the, the game. The uh, the article from Kevin Barrett with Josh Lawrence, Ramuski had a sickness going through, which I don't remember hearing that. No, I don't either. And we, I think we had Tozer on in and around that, mm-hmm. and I can't remember if he told us or not. He might have, and I just don't remember because it was many, many years ago. But mm-hmm. um, I thought that was perfect timing for Lawrence's article to come out and then Biasca to be out. And yeah. my, 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 how the turntables. Oh, my, man. Imagine uh, losing a series or losing games because you have injuries or a sickness. Yeah. Never happened here before. Nope. I've never heard of that. Nope. Nope. So, but, man, if they get... sprung up overnight. If they get two in Sherbrooke... Character well, comes to mind. Uh, Character will come to mind with Biasca returning, Dume possibly returning. Character wins. Character wins. I just, I mean, it's uh, the highs yeah. are highs and the lows are yeah, lows. Yeah, and you've, they've got to win the next one. Yeah. You know. Oh they yeah. Just, they've got to win the next one. Yeah. And if they, if they win the next one, you know, they can probably win the next one. But if they don't win the next one, <laughs> they're not going to win the next one. <laughs> no, so no. So the next one is very important. Yep. Yeah, it'll, there's a lot of pundits saying, well, finally these sweeps and short series are over. And right now there's quite a potential for both these teams yeah. to be done. Maybe they're both like, you know what, let's just get this over with and then start the fourth round early and then get a bit of a break. Well, that's it, right? It's, I mean, they kind of – do they have to be lined up with the with the OHL? I don't no, think so. They, have, they don't have to be, right? No, because so I think I think the OHL was going – when London's got a 2 nothing lead, I think, last time I checked. Yeah, I think so. And Seattle's got a 2 nothing lead. No, last London time. split. Did they split? North, North, wait, who's North Bay playing? Peter Bra. Yeah, so they're split. Yeah, one one. And London's a Sarnia. Sarnia. Yeah, they're, they're up two nothing. And Seattle's up two nothing. Yeah. On Kamloops. Kamloops, which is best case scenario. Yeah. You get two two playoff rounds in. You get a week and a half off. Yeah. Or two and weeks off. You've got off. the best team in the entire WHL representing the WHL, yeah. and you have one of the best teams on paper as the host team. Yeah. And let those teams just kill each other. Yep, they uh, they did it smart over there in Western Canada. They're not gonna lose round round. Although I think they did win last year, but they're setting up that both teams might end up uh, showing up on that mm-hmm. Monday night or Wednesday night yeah. stupidity final. Uh, all right, let's get into our uh, season action. What we're here weekly rewind. Season rewind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Weekly rewind presented by a sports pub. Looking for a great place to have some wings, beers, watch sports with your friends. Well, basically the NHL playoffs. I mean, home ice means absolutely nothing. Um, head to 1715 Main Street where the Salty Sea Dog used to be. Happy hour Mondays. Most of the products are five fifty uh, a pint. And, well, you get a pound of wings and fries for fifteen ninety nine Tuesdays on wing night, which... Once you hear this, if you're a Leafs fan, game one was last night, so never mind, because my thought Wait, was coming what? out. Yeah. Florida only gets one day off? Yeah. Two Holy days. Holy crap. Yeah. That's why you got to finish that thing early, bro. Oh, man. I know. It's it's always been weird to me that and the NBA, game one, uh, Miami and New York, was played before game seven, uh, Golden State and Sacramento. And then the night before that, before Game 7 of the Colorado Series, Denver and Phoenix, they start Round 2 before Round 1's done. Based on, probably based on building availability. Yeah, because there's so much crap going yeah. on. But, yeah. That's weird. I didn't know that. Yeah, Florida gets, uh, Florida got one day off. Uh, so, here we go. The season recap. The Wildcats finished 35-29, 2-2, 7th in the league, 3rd in the conference, 2nd in the Maritimes. 
Um, so before we get in kind of individual grades, which we're going to do grading in groups, um, we're going to grade the season. Uh, for me, I'm going to go with a B minus for the year. Um, I They finished where we thought they would. Um, I thought a lot of the young guys took strides, but I probably would have given them a B plus or maybe even an A minus had they not gone so cold in the first part of uh, January, February going mm-hmm. nine of 10 and then just like lost nine to 10, win two of three, lose three of four, win two of three. Like it was just so hot and cold. Um, they finished 10 to two, which is why I gave them the B minus. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I'm going to go with the B minus on a whole. Um, what do you got? Yeah, it's, uh, I'm kind of around there too. I'll go with a, I'll, I'll be, I'll just go with a B, uh, same reasons as, as you, you know, they got off to a decent start. Uh, they had, uh, they had the chemistry, they were rolling there, you know, I think we mentioned a few times in the first half, they were winning games. They shouldn't have been winning, you know? And, um, then the trade period happened Yeah. and I never realized how important Thomas Darcy and Frankie Iacenza were to the team until they were gone. Uh, and then it just kind of went downhill a little bit. And I remember sitting us, we were here, we were calling for LaCroix to be fired and this and that. And then, um, you know, it, it's, it got to a point where, you know, he, he held those individual player meetings and took a while to get going, took a while to get going. And for that first game after those player meetings, they lost to St. John, which was again, my, our first reaction was that was, didn't work. You know, he's completely <laughs> lost the room. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think it, um, it, it eventually did turn around and, uh, you know, I think he's he's kind of done enough to be back next year. You know, I think that that seven game series against Baycomo probably saved his 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 job, in my opinion. Um, you could say Barbershev saved his job yeah. because of that goal in Game Seven in yeah. overtime. But uh, and you know, the one win against Halifax to me that was another reason. You know, you won two two games two huge games in a matter of of you know 48 48 hours 72 hours mm-hmm. or whatever it was and i think those were two key factors on in you know that he can easily say look this is this is me this is what i can do is i can get this team up for for big games and uh it, you know it was only three months ago that we wanted him gone you know it was uh probably two and a half months ago more yeah. and it's uh, so it was more. It was like Kevin Barrett said. There was a lot of ups and downs. It was a roller coaster of a season. Uh, but he said there was more ups than downs. I would say, yeah. On a, on a whole season, yeah. Yeah. Way yeah. more downs than ups in the second half. Yep. But on a whole, I, I would say there was more ups than downs. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. You bring up Lacroix. Um, I'll save that to the question at the end mm-hmm. once we do these grades for mm-hmm. you. Um. So we'll get into goaltending. Um, Steinman goes 21 and 16. Uh, Fillion goes 14 and 13. A 309 for Steinman, a four goals against average. I'm going to go a s- B plus because, and it could have been higher. Steinman, I won't say he was the reason we made the playoffs. We were going to make it anyways, but he was the reason we were the third seed. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the reason we got past Baycomo. 
I have been a Philly on truther. We both have been Philly on truthers. This isn't Philly on. This is the way he was treated um, in three years. He didn't get the starts he should have gotten with two 20-year-old backups um, to let him learn, to, to let him grow. And unfortunately, I mean, last year Couture was just a free find and that happens. Steinman again, free, free find, find and yeah. that happens. And, and he played so well. And um, I like Steinman, Steinman's game. He's got some work to do. Um, but I think coming from a junior B to the Q in your first year, does he have some holes? Yeah, absolutely. Does he, sometimes he got caught being too aggressive on, on plays that the one, the LaRue power play goal, he's trying to push across. He just can't get over there and has to dive to try and stop it. I mean, he has some holes, but, but he gave the team a chance to win every mm-hmm. night and he's what kind of buoyed this. And I, I don't think 31 will be back. Um, and again, I like the kid. He's had great games when he's been put in after sitting on the bench for three weeks. Yeah. But he just, I think he needs to get out of this. I think he needs to be in a Quebec market and there's a couple teams that need goaltenders moving into next year. And I think a fresh start for him would be, would be fantastic. But it, it was, there was nothing on, on 31. It was for me, the way he was treated yeah. and, and that, that 10 goal game was just it for me. No. And you're, and you're right. Yeah. It's he, Stamen for Stamen to me was an A. Like it's uh-huh. the season's a complete write off if if he wasn't if he wasn't here, yeah. and it could again free find. I have the greatest amount of confidence with him being our number one for the next two seasons. I have no issues with him being a twenty year old in a season we're going to try to win a Memorial Cup. I have no issues with that at all. No, because that's three years of of Q season yeah. and coaching and yeah. yeah. So I have no issues with that at all. Uh, and look, if we have, if we continue to have success with with these, you know, OHL castoffs, you know, and and we can find another goalie to bring in next year, I say do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I'm not one to draft goalies high. I, I I'm not that type of person unless it's a world class goalie. I'm not taking a goalie high. I don't. I'm I'm the kind of person. So you're off at LaSalle at twelve. If he slides, hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. I I I like Pracor or Pracor, whatever his name yeah. was. Well, pin, I mean Pincor, but if he's in like ninth and tenth round, well, that's that's it. And that's one viewing. That like I have no idea how he played the rest of the season, but one viewing, mm-hmm. the guy was unreal. So yeah. if a second year draft eligible, he's in ninth and tenth round. Bring him in because a lot of teams struggle against left handed goaltenders. They're mm-hmm. just and I I when was the last time we had a left handed goaltender? Yeah. Uh, it would have been. It hasn't been since I was here. Philip Godro, yeah. that one uh, probably that one guy. Yeah, we had we had like three right three goalies that were right-handed. I guess it would be right-handed right. in training camp that one year. Yeah. Um and uh yeah, so I'm not I'm not one to to draft a goalie in the first round and let, like I said, unless we know that they're a bona fide guaranteed to be superstar, uh and. So it, for me, it's if we can continue to find these these guys from the OHL or, or even the WHL for that matter, you know, it, bring them in. They're not they're not costing us anything, and uh, that's just 
that's the way that's the way it is. I'm I'm not uh, I'm not gonna go and take LaSalle in the first round. I'm not gonna go and take another goalie there. What's his uh, I think Beckman's his last mm-hmm. name. I'm not gonna take him in the first round. It's I mean, if you can find goalies for free, and they're gonna play like Thomas Couture, and they're gonna play like Jacob Steinman, just you know, keep doing it. Yep. And uh, yeah, that's that's it. I'm I'm an A, but I'm on I'm on I'm with you with Philly, and I don't think he's back next year, and it's not on him. It's it's he wants to, he's gonna want to play, right? And there's, he deserves to play. Yeah, and there's you know the three the three Quebec teams that are in the semifinals. Well. Pretty sure, without looking, two of their goalies aren't coming back because they're twenty, right? Mm-hmm. Adams twenty and and uh, Lopen is twenty, and I think uh, the other one, one Russo is nineteen. So yeah. Russo could potentially come back for Quebec, but you know there's probably going to be some teams that want a twenty year old goalie. Screw to me, might need one, right? It, it, there's there's going to be opportunity. There's going to be opportunities for him, and there's going to there's also another. Goalie in in Halifax, that's probably one going to want out too, and that's Brady James. Yeah, right. And at this point, Brady James, Vince Filion are both twenty are both going to be nineteen year old goalies next year. Well, which goalie are teams going to want first? Well, it's going to be Brady James because he's he's played more. Yeah, right. So at then at that point, you know you've got Filion. That's kind of that second goalie that's getting called about, and so we'll see what happens. But yeah, you're, you're right. There's there's going to be a market for him next year, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll, I'll be surprised if he's back. Maybe the and that's he came in with the highest rated projection. Came to Moncton, we put the MVP tag on him, and how far we're going to go with him, and maybe being dealt is the chip on the shoulder he needs mm-hmm. um, to just have an unbelievable final two years and, and kind of turn this thing around. So um, let's go defense and uh, I'll, I'll let you take the defense core. Yes. Um, so my defense core is again, first half, no complaints. Um, second half, it was again, a bit of a rocky, uh, bit of a rocky road for a little bit. Yeah. And I think B is going to be a very, uh, I guess, popular, Great, great grading. Um, so I will go with a B plus. I th- I think B plus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, on the basis that there were three defensemen that were absolute. There was a star defenseman. There was a. I don't know where you came from, but thank you for signing, <laughs> defenseman. <laughs> And there was a first-round pick defenseman that yeah. came as advertised, yeah. right? So we had Moran that's on track to surpass the franchise record for most points by defenseman. That's probably going to happen next season, barring injury. Hugo Marcel again, have no idea where he came from. <laughs> I think he was paying midget double, midget B or something like that, yeah. and somehow got seen and, and noticed and signed and made the team and was probably... I, I can't even put it into words just how you know impressive he was. You know he had his he had his moments, yeah. but if he had a moment, he would kind of and redeem himself, right? He, yeah. would, he would totally redeem himself <laughs> yeah. uh, later in the game or down the road, and you know we saw that. We saw it 
in game two where it was his turnover that led to the Bay Como um, goal in overtime, mm-hmm. right? But then in game seven, it was his pass to Baudouin along the boards that it allowed for Baudouin to get it up the barbershop on the breakaway, yep. right? So he he finds a way to redeem himself for his mistakes, and that's what I like about him. And Fortre Jodron, I mean, you're literally looking at a guy that doesn't that's make mistakes. Guy. Yeah. You know, it, it's so you're looking at, you know, three out of your seven defensemen who were, to me, above my expectations. You know, I there's that's why I'm kind of in that B plus range because you're looking at, you know, almost half of your defensemen surpassed my expectations. And that's that's where I'm at. That's um the the other three, I mean, Plandowski skates like the wind. <laughs> um, Ballantyne should have played more than uh, than what he did, but mm. when he was moved up at forward, he was doing stuff, right? And yeah, exactly. Grenier, he's young. He's got an offensive flair to his game. Needs to work on the on this defensive side. Yeah. And who am I missing? Hamel. Of course yeah. I'm missing Hamel. Why am I, how am I missing how Hamel? How are you missing Sniper's going to snipe? How am I going to... Triples his production, Hamel. Uh, yeah, Hamel is... Um, Hamel is Hamel. He's, uh, he could kick my ass, and that's why I don't want to say anything bad about him. <laughs> kick both of our asses. Yeah. Um, so the first half, I probably would have gone like B+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, second half, I think we... I think everyone under estimated ISNs and Darcy's impact. So I'm going to go C plus because, and it's the, the three players you mentioned were great. Moran is stupid, like mm-hmm. just a star. Um, Marcel was, yeah, he had his mistakes, but then totally redeemed himself. And that's why I said last week, like if it's Moran, Forte, John, John and Marcel is our three moving in at least top three next year. Absolutely. And for me, and I've mentioned it a few times, it's Forte, John, John, who, fun fact, he played 68 games this year. Yeah. The last Moncton Wildcat defenseman at 16 to play 68 games was Daniel McLeod in 96-97. Daniel McLeod. My sister had a crush on him. Nice. She called him the ass man. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Now, there was one that I got as well. Uh, oh, and I... 2010, 2011. So he was invited. So I was going back to try and find the the asterisks, and it was in. It was a defenseman that they invited out of camp. He was 18. So I was like, oh, there's the rookie, but he was actually 18. From Detroit, Michigan. Oh, Dan Mylan. No. Yeah, uh, could have been. What did I say? 2010. 2010, 2011. Please be right. Please be right. Please be right. Please be right. Please yeah, be Dan right. Milan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 68 games, 14 goals, 24, 38 points. Nice. But I was like, I was like, wow, that's production. For Dan the man si- Milan. For a 16, and then I went and found out he was 18 years old. Yeah. But actually, true 16. The Wildcats haven't had a 16-year-old play 68 games. One goal, 11 assists. Yes, he was a minus 24. Come on, Adam. Like, yeah, exactly. Come, Come on, on, Adam. You got to be better. No. Come on, Adam. There was many nights I left the rink. And you didn't even notice them. And that is 90% of the time a very good thing with 
mm-hmm. a defenseman, especially a young defenseman. He made a good first pass um, out of the zone. Now, Moran played 67, the only game he missed. Uh, no, it wasn't even from the thing. He played 67, but he played 64 last year. He was a minus 12. Um, but, yeah, I think Forte Jondron is just going to turn into that absolute mining-logging defenseman mm-hmm. and shows why the Wildcats moved up to 14 to get him. And, you know, when they identify the guy they want, they're going to move up to get him. And that's yep. why I'm, like we said earlier, I'm okay with that trade. But, yeah, I, I was getting to the point where I was like, have we ever had a defenseman play every game? And it mm-hmm. the series in Bay Como kind of really turned when he went out. He only played four games of playoffs after being um, hit from behind. He only played one, not even one game in that Bay Como series. Yeah. So – it kind of turned because he he's just that physical defenseman. There were quite a bit of turnovers from the decor, more nights than I wanted, and and they really got used to rimming that puck around. Um, I think we just kind of underestimated how young the de- the defense got when they got rid of Iacenza and and Darcy. So for me, that's why it's a C plus. Those three kind of elevated up, um, but I mean Hamel tripling his production was great. Um, Valentine was good when he was in. He gave a kind of a physical presence. Um, yeah, Plendowski, I he'll be here next year, and him and his family are going to work on Gabe's skating. That's right. Yeah, yeah. no fishing this summer, Gabe. Nope. Um, so yeah, it's a C plus for me. And uh, so now we get into the forward group. Um, what do you got for the forward group there, sir? Sorry to ask you that as you took a drink. I like the forward group. Yeah, A minus. I went B plus. I thought the forward group was, if it wasn't for the goaltending and around the back end, I mean, the forward group was basically the team. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They, um, they're, they're, they're top six. I mean, their top six could have competed with, with probably the top four in the league. You know, if I I would think their top six was probably the fifth, the fifth best in the league, which was why you know it kind of adds up with being, you know, there was the top four and maybe Victoriaville. Is that your fourteen? Probably. I, I I'd even Renranda maybe. I'd even put ours kind of better than Victoriaville's. Victoriaville was we made it. By Victoriaville Goldtown. didn't make it out of the first round. We did. You know, they were higher in the standings. That's why. Well, it's, who cares? Yeah. No, I'm just asking if that's the team that you had fourth. Because you had Moncton's top well, six. Well, the fifth, four so. would be the four teams that are still left. Did you not have Moncton as the fifth four? God, never mind. Add. We're good. Keep going. <laughs> Adam's showing off his Alberta edu- education here. Golly. Big, big UCP guy. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Tune in in two weeks from now to see if Jeremy is still co-host of the show. Um, yeah, no, keep going. <laughs> no, it's... You know, we, we're going to have some players to... There's, there's going to be players that are going to have to step up next year to to replace the, you know, the, the points. You no. Know, LaBelle is going to be hard to replace. Uh, Barbashev's going to be hard to replace if he's not back. Yeah. And the fact that, remember, folks, he only signed a PTO with Hartford. It's not a contract, so he could be back. Um, Ty Bell won't be back. You know, there's there's a lot of, of, of players here that, and it's like that every year. 
your older players are always your, in most cases, your your big contributors. Mm-hmm. So you have to have players that can can replace that. And but really, are we losing much? You know, we're we could potentially have Barbashev back, which would be. Do I mind wasting two roster spots, a European and a twenty-year-old on Max Barbashev? Absolutely not. No, I don't care if we're wasting two roster spots. But what does that do? You then have to decide. Okay, well, which? I know yeah. this is a look back, so let's not get into the, the future. Let's <laughs> do the look back. So yeah, a a minus just because there's there is the, the the forward the top six group was probably one of the in the upper echelon of the league. Yeah. And they produced on, on most nights and you know, their, their point getters were their point getters, but we did also rely on the depth scoring at some point, And that's kind of where I'm at where my, my a minus um, the depth, the depth scoring. If we, if we would have gotten more depth scoring, I would probably in that a, but the, those, that bottom six kind of not, they didn't hold the team back. But they just didn't contribute enough. No, that's and that's where I go with. That's where I get the minus from. And I go the the teacher that really wants to give you the A minus, but they can't quite, so they go B plus plus, but mm-hmm. B plus. And for me, it's the power play. It just it wasn't good. Yeah, like for most of the year, it was very stagnant. Um, I mean, I'm not comparing this power play to the Oilers' record setting one, but. You watch the Oilers. You even watch Halifax. You watch the top four teams. They're moving on power plays. And you could see Baycomo. You could see Halifax. They started to kind of creep to Loshing because they know it's Moran, Spin, LaBelle, back to Moran, back to Loshing for a one-timer. And that's that was their power play for most of the year. There wasn't a lot of carrying. There wasn't a lot of movement. Their PK was good. Um so for me, it's a B plus because the, the power play was just a, it's kind of a letdown all year from a top six that you thought was going to take that next level. And and they played pretty good on the power play, but it just, it became too stagnant yep. for most too of the time. Predictable. Yep. Um, the bottom six I loved. I mean, Lounsbury was great. Um, tough injury for him. I guess he might've had a chance to play in game seven if it would have got there. Um, Mueller was on a different level most of the year, and he, he got that world junior bump, him and Ty Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, they both got that world junior bumped to elevate their game. Gabe Smith was from game one to game of 68. Um, he got he got much better. Alex Mercier, from you took him off that fourth line and put him up due to injury yeah. in that top six, and he, he showed why he is a top six player. So mm-hmm. um, even guys like Cole Bishop, Luke McPhee, like they played their role to what they needed to do and and they did it well um all year so it's it's a it's a b plus for me so um three questions that i wrote down that you kind of talked about how many euros are on this team next year one or two you think Mar- you two think- no like you think barbs is back oh like how many new euros is what i mean oh how many new euros yeah. okay yeah. um like do you think because i, I kind of think it'll be two i think barbs will eventually sign his contract at the uh in the off season, mm-hmm. and I just I, I think he I think he plays in Hartford. It's going to come down to how he, how he performs yeah. in Hartford, right? Um, so they have until is it July first to sign him? Yes. Is that the cutoff? I believe so. Um, 
so that's going to be that's something to keep an eye on you know it's um if he performs if he gets into Hartford's lineup and I'm not sure who they're playing in the playoffs I don't really follow the AHL very much but <laughs> it's uh, hard to follow yeah it's like a best of three and then a best of five and a yeah. team gets a bye and it's a best of five and the home the higher seed gets to choose what they want if they want mm. the first two at home so crazy. I guess it's going to come down to how he performs. You know, if he's if he's making an impact in that lineup, um, they're definitely going to be uh, calling the Rangers and saying we need this we need this guy signed. And Providence uh, is who they're playing. Providence, yeah. yeah. So when's it kick off, or is it already kicked off? Uh, well, they play Wednesday, May third. Because no, the Wranglers have already started. Yeah. Wranglers are like two games in. And again, they had the chance. They had the choice of what they what series okay, they wanted. So, so they're up two nothing. Goal. Okay. Has he played yet? I don't know. Show us your number. Nope. No, is he even on the lineup? Nope. No. Oh, yeah, there he is, number 18. 18? <laughs> He's right. 49. Yeah, so nothing. Uh, hasn't yet. played yet. Nothing yet. So so serious, though. Look at me. <laughs> My name is Maxim. Uh, if he makes an impact, if he plays and they like what they see, they'll, they'll definitely want to get a get him in the lineup there, but uh was he he was a fifth round pick, eh? Yep. So Because we know one's not coming back for sure, but Yeah, we know that for a fact. So you know, Richie's kind of already got that the player they want will definitely be their first pick. Yeah. They don't want to chance chance it. And that's what I hate about the import draft. It's no there's no scouting involved. It's all connections. Who do you know? Who do you know? Yeah. And you look at who's been in the lineup before with Moncton. And what Europeans do they have? What what agencies do some of these Euros have? And have we had any connections with these agencies in the past? And this and that. And you're like, oh, come on. This is bullshit. You know, <laughs> it should be literally, we draft you. You come here now. Yeah. You know, you come. Yeah. We pick you. You come. Um, but uh, that's be interesting to see it. if it's any of the teams that... Um, we're here for the World Juniors. Like another Swiss player, another Man, Latvian. Man, those Latvians. Finn. The, the Latvians are the hardest workers. Yeah. And there's a Latvian that I like. So, yeah. But I think he's just a year too old, which kind of sucks. I forget his name. But it's uh, not Bogdan Hot Ass, which is a not fantastic as, It's name. not it's Hot Ass. Everybody wants a hot ass on their team, <laughs> but I think there's only one. Nah, there is. And sadly, he is with the WHL. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we asked this last year, and I get to ask it again. Last year, we asked where the scoring's coming from. Mm-hmm. Because we were going to lose one player in Brooklyn, Kalmogov, who had 34, right. 34 goals, 30 assists, and 72 points for the Wildcats. And then there was a bit of a drop-off with LaBelle at 44. Where's the scoring going to come from next year? <laughs> because... Baudouin, 72 points. LaBelle, 69 points. Barbashev, 65 points. And then Ty Bell at 39. Like, there's a lot of points that are out the door. Yep. It's And it just it's going to be OJ taking the next step. Preston Lounsbury taking the next step. Alex Mercier in that top six. These are guys that are going to be needed to be counted on. Maybe a free agent or two. But I think it'll be those... Those two that will really, or those three that will kind of just have to really elevate their game coming into, um, coming into next season, and depending who else they get trade wise, because you can't count on Antia Moran to lead the team in scoring and hope to be a 
playoff contender. No, you're right. But there's, yeah, so Mercy, I think, is going to, he needs to finally play in the top six, and I think he will. And I think he's going to be a big contributor next year. We'll, we'll still have Loshing. You know, you're, you'll probably have, if there's two new Euros next season, I think best case scenario is a one, one forward, one defenseman. Unless there's a really, really good forward still available with your second pick and you know he'll come. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually imports are immediate top six players. So it's, uh, I think you can get points just based on, on, on euros. And, um, but if you're, you know, your defense, your decor is pretty much, I wouldn't say set, but there's not much. It's one spot. Alex Wang. <laughs> well, no, there's, there's probably one or two spots. Yeah. There's a, there's a fifth and maybe a seventh. That's kind of where, because mm-hmm. right now coming back, you've got Moran, Forge John Drum, Plandowski, Marcel, Ballantyne, Grenier. Yeah. That's your six. Mm-hmm. There's maybe one to two spots because they, they do carry seven or eight defensemen at, at times, but. Right now, based on that, there's. I I would think if you're gonna get two euros, you you maybe want, an an impact ones, maybe two forwards. Bring in a, a an OHL, um, free agent, kind of defenseman like Ballantyne, and I mean, what they bring in last time, six free agents. Last year, and we got Ballantyne, Marcel, and Steinman out of those six. Yeah. That's that's a pretty good winning percentage. That's a pretty good batting average. It's a lot better than what we used to do, where it was. Guys. Quantity over quality, yeah. but now it's quality over quantity. Yeah. Um, I remember when we used to bring in, God, fifteen to twenty free agents a year. Thanks a lot, Roger Shannon. Like you're literally and yet, like just one. Yeah, one maybe. Yeah, you're and it's it's that's seems to, that's a good focus now. Is you're literally get the quality over the quantity, mm-hmm. and we don't need to bring in ten free agents a year identify three or four or five that have a legitimate shot of making the team and go from there. You know, it literally reduced your billing costs by not bringing 20 guys from out of town. You know, it's, it's, it's just, but no, there's, there's free agents, there's Euro drafts, there's, you know, the first overall pick, you know, there's, there's ways to, for the scoring, for scoring to, to, to replace. And it's, and there's and there's in house scoring. Yep. Yeah. Loshing's not gonna Loshing's gonna probably be one of the top goal scorers next year. Yeah. And whoever's playing on his wings are Loshing, Lounsbury, and Mercier. Pretty good line. Yeah. It's not bad. Lounsbury can go in the corners and get it. Mercier's got the skill and Loshing's got the shot. Yeah. Mercier's got the shot too. Yeah. So um, you're Yeah, there's there's multiple ways to, to find to find scoring and it's just a matter of getting them in the lineup. The final question: Cultural shift on and off the ice. Do they need it? Does it happen? A cultural shift? Yeah. Because off the ice, it needs to happen. This team is no longer a community team, as much as they want to say they're community. Mm-hmm. They're just not in the community as much as they used to be. And you know, I, I'm not scared to share my opinions on the season ticket thing. You had the first overall pick you knew about. You had Moran going to Team Canada. You've got all this. Moncton people are tuning in to see the Wildcats and see this stuff. I mean, we had a hundred people watch our live. Mm-hmm. Capitalize on your renewals now. Kate Breton's yeah. giving stuff or 
Charlottetown's given their $250 savings by the end of the month, and you get a draw. Kate Bratton, you have a chance to win your season tickets if you get them by the end of this month. Like, mm-hmm. This is the time to get your renewals, not three weeks before training camp when it's kind of lulled down and you're like, oh, people are excited again. No, people are excited now. Yeah. Like, we have the first overall pick. Like, how many times on their post did people say, well, what's the number one overall pick? What are some of the names we're looking for? Like, people want to know. Yeah. And this is your time to get the renewals. And, you know, this is your time to just shift it off the ice. When I say on the ice, I mean behind the bench. Mm-hmm. Off the ice, a complete shift. And I hope Hugo Bernier does that and brings it in. I'm excited because he's a hockey guy, but there's so many different small ideas you can do. And this team needs to be in the community more. Mm-hmm. Like they have to be out at different events, even if there's two of them or three of them. Like I said on one of our shows, the Shoppers Drug Mart, Pink in the Rink. They were out at, there was three at different Shoppers yeah. all over Moncton. And that's yeah. Canton. You have to have the team out in the community. Yeah. If you want to bring in the casual fan. Mm-hmm. They used to do a bunch of things. I remember when they used to do, uh, they would be at a Sobeys and they'd be bagging your groceries. Yep. And, uh, you know, they'd be working the drive through at, at the Tim's or, you know, it's just stuff like that. Like my they, birthday, I got here on the sixth. They were doing the restaurant. Like we arrived February 6th, 2018. They were at Mo- not Moxie's Montana's Montana's. Yeah. It was either February 5th or February 7th. I think it was February 5th because I was like, ah, we shouldn't have stayed in Camelton. We should have driven right through. But they were there that time. They were at Kelsey's a mm-hmm. time before that. Like, mm-hmm. You have to get these kids out in the community because you're not trying to pander to your season ticket holders. And that's when I bring up ticket ideas, it's not for me. I'm a season ticket holder. I buy the tickets. I'm going to the games. Mm-hmm. It's for attracting the, the um, single father with his son or daughter that goes to shoppers to pick up something and hey, there's two wildcats there. They get a $5 voucher off. They might show up like this. This team needs to be in the community more. There needs to be a shift and focus from to back to when it was because yep. they just do the road hockey thing in training camp. And that's really it. Mm-hmm. The odd events, autograph things that it just, they need to be in the community more coaching wise. I'll let you go first. <laughs> yeah. So the, the coaching, uh, the coaching thing is like, like I said earlier, I think Dan the quad did what he had to do um, in the first round and against Halifax to save his ass. Mm-hmm. You know, he, if we lose that game seven, I think he's out. Um, but we, we won the game seven and we went into Halifax, you know, two days later and, and won game one. I think that saved his saved his job and there's been no announcement yet. You know, we've been eliminated for two weeks and, you know, usually these things are are done fairly quickly, you know, but you never know. The Sirs Beausoleil move was completely out of the blue. The Brad Yetman move was completely out of the blue. And... So you never know, you know, it could be, uh, it could be dropped tonight, it could be dropped tomorrow. It just, but I, I think he's done enough to, to, to stick around and, but he's probably on a short leash to start the season. Maybe. Yeah. Um, he's definitely, yeah. yeah. I, it, that's just my, my personal opinion because I think his, I think his deal ends at the end of next season. Was it the end of next season? I think so. Cause I think it was last 
two summers ago that he signed a him three-year and, deal? Him and Heptage. They, re, they re-upped for one year, I thought. Yeah. Because in 2020, he signed a three-year deal. Yeah. Okay. So, and then I think they re-upped for one more year. So, it might be the end of next season. But I think if if he's here, if he's still the head coach by the time we come back to do the show, mm-hmm. I think he's here to start the season. Yeah. Um, my personal opinion, I want, I think it's shit. Like, I think, uh, cleaning house is what's needed. I mean, it's just the power play wasn't good all year. They had those second half lulls. I do believe like you, I think beating Bay Como saved his job. Um, but the problem for me is he's going to go into the draft with, with Mr. Richie they're going to put a plan together. They're going to get the players. And then if you move on from them at the start of the year, you're kind of playing catch up mm-hmm. coach wise, your candidates may be gone. And I'm not saying get rid of them just because Yetman's there and, and Beausoleil is out there. That's not what I'm saying, but like, I don't need a big name. I just need someone to get this whole team pulling in the right direction. And I think the fact that they have the first overall pick, you need to be sure that the coach you hire is the coach that's going to see this season, 24, and the Memorial Cup season. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if Dan is the coach to lead this group to the Memorial Cup because it, there was just too many inconsistencies all season and too many, like, they couldn't get the puck out sometimes. And then they were in scramble mode. It's just like, for me, personally, nothing against Dan. like the guy. Never talked to him in my life. But coaching-wise... Just keeping it on the ice, I think you need to kind of clean house a little bit, assistance and everything, and just give it a whole new shift. And because this this coach has to be your coach going into the Memorial Cup, because mm. you can't have one short leash, and then two years when you actually host to start the twenty twenty five, you got another coach. Like this is kind of your guy that's going to build this for two years and and be ready to go. I mean, I don't. I mean, the D. It was almost it was an inexperienced D at the same time too, yeah, right? Yeah, there was, yeah, yeah. um, like you're seeing these, like the four teams that are in the that are still in, like they're there for a reason. They they rarely make mistakes, and but if you're if, and that's the thing, like we made a lot of mistakes, but I think it it was due to the fact that you know our our decor was so young. Yeah. Um. So I'm I don't want to put the blame on. I mean turnovers aren't a result of coaching it's a result of but the brain. scheme to get out of your zone the br- yeah right yeah. like just how many times do i say to you they keep rimming the puck around they keep getting in yeah. trouble right yeah. like no i, I, I know wise for me it's the power play wise yeah. the pk is fine i had no problem with the pk it was pretty good all year but it just i think if you're gonna shift things off ice and on ice and the number one pick and this this sets the tone for your memorial cup host in 2025 because mm. did they have coaches just before they hosted and like was it a coach that had been there for a few years and kind of they had Ted they hired Ted Nolan the year before like the summer before the Memorial Cup I think it was all right never mind so it was like they it, it can't was, be done they had a coaching staff like they had Ted Nolan um, I think it was Ted Nolan Danny Flynn and Dan Lacroix if I'm not mistaken like they had some names right they brought in some names um, but I just was... I just don't want to get into like the Saint John. Where they had a coach, and then he was let go, and then they brought another coach, and then they fired him in the playoffs, yeah. and they brought another coach. Like, we're not gonna get Gardner 
McDougal to show no, up. No, no. Like, I don't want that situation where we have two coaches when we know we're hosting the Memorial Cup. Mm-hmm. I want someone who starts it and you can see the development from day one and just, yeah. I, I think he'll be here, but if he's if he's not here by the time, if he's still here by the time we come back, that's three weeks from the from the from the draft i think mm-hmm. i think he's here for the for the foreseeable future yeah but like you on a shorter leash yeah and uh that's what i say so ted nolan was the head coach danny flynn was assistant dan lacroix was assistant france bruce was the goaltending coach so alan power was director of hockey operations peter nevin mike yandel like we had a staff like that was a staff yeah and uh that was like one of the better, like probably one of the better teams we put together. But uh, yeah, that was we had, we that was a like a a superstar bench. Yeah. You know, behind the bench, it was it was three superstars, and that's why we were that's what team was so good. But really, you can't go out and you can't afford three coaches like that right now. No, and even to find one. They might not have the impact that you're looking for. I, mm-hmm. I don't care what the name is. I just want them pulling the wagon the same way. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of times where scheme-wise, it just – and I'm not a coach or never claim to be and know a lot of schemes, but there were a lot of nights where they just I, didn't look like they were in it. And so we'll see. Mm-hmm. We are We don't make those decisions. We're just two guys that sit behind and – Make our voices heard, but uh, that'll do it for this show. Wee bit longer, but uh, hey, that's okay. We're not going to be here for two weeks, so we're coming back uh, in two weeks, May seventeenth, with uh, one of our two draft pre-shows. Um, as like I said, we get you ready for the Wildcats draft as they have the number one overall pick. We're trying to line up some guests for both the May seventeenth show uh, as well as the May thirty-first show. Then the June seventh is the actual mock draft. Get you ready for round one. Um, and then we're in Sherbrooke, 9th and 10th of June. And then the season six finale is June 14th, the post-draft show. And we'll see if we can line up a, a nice big guest as we usually do. And then that's it for the summer, my boy. Perfect. Nice. We All right. Break. <laughs> for Jeremy, I'm Adam. See you in two weeks. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wildcast podcast. Follow us on social media at Moncton Wildcast.